0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void for prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
1: 18 plus. This is Philip Broussard, and you're listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. My name is Lou Lombardi a.k.a. Loudini and today we've got Philip Broussard uh, on with us today we're gonna to be talking to Philip and uh, learning uh, uh, about his interesting life uh, uh, mi- military uh, veterans for for both uh, uh, Iraq and um, enduring freedom campaigns. So this is gonna be interesting. Uh, he's a great singer songwriter heavily influenced by John Mayer so uh, this should be a lot of fun. Uh, as I said you are listening to the Loudini Rock and Roll Circus our website is louvini and Roll uh, Check back there often for uh, more uh, artist stories like Phillips and uh, uh, Asha Piper, who I or excuse me, Asha Piper, who I just uh, interviewed this morning, and a, a host of others. We've got something like three hundred and twenty podcasts up and ready for you guys so check that out. louvini Also, don't forget to uh, check out our uh, live music podcast we do. Uh, now we've moved to Monday evenings. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and where you can chime in live with us and uh, join the conversation with my uh, fantastic, amazing, wonderful uh, co host, Lily V6 of Rock Rage Radio, where we play uh, some of the greatest, latest, and greatest uh, hard rock and metal music and always pick an interesting topic and mix it up with the bands. It's a lot of fun. You can find out more about that at Ludini Rock and Roll As I was saying, we have uh, Philip Rossard on the line uh, with us today. Philip is a uh, Singer, songwriter, blues-influenced uh, pop artist from uh, Washington State. Philip, welcome to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: No problem. So, Phil, Philip, please uh, tell us, uh, give us a little bit about your background. Um, um, where are you from, and uh, how did you get into music?
1: Well, I was born in uh, the Pacific Northwest, um, pretty rural area. I grew up. You know, I got into music pretty early. You know, uh, I've had a bit of an eclectic background when it comes to music influences. Um, you know, my grandparents used to take me to church and we'd listen to Elvis Presley gospel, but, it, you know, then I would go home and listen to Van Halen, you know, with my dad, All right. and, you know, so it, you know, it's an interesting mix uh, growing up, but, you know, my whole family loved music and and. My family doesn't really play the instruments, so I was the only one that ended up picking one up. But um, you know, music just has this weird way of finding its way into my brain and working its way through my veins. And a new song will easily give me—it'll it, make the hair on my my neck stand up if I really, really enjoy it. And uh, I, I've always been really attached to music. I I don't know how to describe it. Ever since I was young, just loved hearing the melodies of. Simon and Garfunkel. But, you know, I really loved hearing, um, you know, Freddie Mercury sing. So I, yeah. I just, every, every, there's, there's there's not much about music that I don't love.
2: Um, how did you get, uh, like, when did you get started playing guitar?
1: I picked up my first guitar when I was about 14, 14 or 15. Um, my dad brought it home, and uh, he was playing it, and I would play it, you know, and I, I, I would pick it up and strung, strum the strings. I remember the first time I ever did, I just told myself that this instrument in my hands felt like it was right. This was the right thing to be, you know, uh, hmm. I was a guitar player. And so my dad, you know, saw me playing it and, you know, he really encouraged me to, to play and bought me lots of books and, and, uh, you know, found me lots of resources for me to become a player and, and, uh, you know, we, we didn't have much money at all. Um, you know, there was some days where my dad had to figure out whether or not he was going to buy gas or food, you know? So, Mm. you know, lessons was, was out of the question. Lessons were out of the question. So, um, you know, we made do with what what we had and, and he went to secondhand stores and picked up books and music books and, and guitar books and everything and, and gave them to me and I poured over them and, you know, this was with the beginning of the internet too. You know, so I was able to find good good resources online and right even back in, in the beginning, you know, dinosaur stages of the internet. And uh, I, I don't know when you have a real passion for something like that because I did. I, I I fell in love with this instrument and it just I it it found it felt like a second way of talking for me, which was really weird uh, to explain to people because a lot of people that aren't musically minded don't really understand it. Um, yeah. But it just it. I got to the point where I was hearing melodies in my. You know, I would go to sleep listening to like Jimi Hendrix, for instance, and and my brain would follow his his solos, and it was almost like his solos <clears throat> were, had something to say. And hmm. that's you know I, I I don't know I I'm just really passionate about guitar. I love it. I just love the <laughs> instrument. I love how it just Good. it just sings.
2: Um. So, but not long after you got into music, just as you were entering the adulthood. Something, you had a, a, a tragic situation happen here. Why don't you tell us a little about a little bit about that? And it sort of caused you to ch- change directions, at least temporarily.
1: Yeah, so I do have to ask you as the host, like, how much you really want me to delve into this, because the story is, is sad, but at the same like, I've had some radio hosts, like, tell me, like, okay, you know, that's a little bit too sad for us, but, you know, it's... Um, how
2: about this? I, Give me, yeah, give, give give us, give us the highlights, and if okay. I feel like I want to know a little bit more, I'll give okay. you. A, I'll say, hey, could tell <laughs> me a little bit more about that? Let's do it that way. Okay,
1: so yeah, I it was August first, two thousand four. Um, I got a phone call while I was at work. I was working at a video rental store, and uh, I got a phone call from my mom. And my parents had been divorced for quite some time. But uh, my grandpa was in ill health and when my mom called me, she said, you know, you, you need to come home and you need to come to your house and, and um, you need to expect the worst. And, and I said, okay, well, you know, my, my grand like I said, my grandfather was in ill health and I wasn't sure what, what the issue was. And so I decided to call my dad and, and I figured that you know, he would kind of fill me in on the situation and what mm-hmm. was going on. Yeah. And so I, you know, I had, I had, to, taking a moment to meditate, and I told myself, okay, this is, you know, it, it's it's likely your grandfather has passed away, and this is, you know, my grandfather lived right next door. You know, I could throw a rock to his house, and, it, and my grandparents were a big part of my life growing up, and so I, I took a moment to meditate, and I said, okay, well, I'm going to just prepare myself that, you know, my grandfather's no longer here, and so I took my moment, and I picked up my phone and I called my dad's house and a sheriff's deputy picked up the phone. And I said,
2: Ooh, well, who's, who's this?
1: And, yeah, no. And, and I said, who's this? And he said, well, this is sheriff, deputy, so-and-so. And, uh, you know, I, I I'm really sorry to be the one to tell you this, but your dad died last night. And I said, what? My dad died? Like, are you sure you have the right house? Yeah. And, you know, I was right. in complete shock and disbelief. I 18 years. My dad and I were very close and he wasn't, you know, he was only 46 years old. It's not like he was, you know, 85.
2: Right, right, um, right.
1: So, you know, I immediately, I, I couldn't even stand up. I My knees hit the ground, I hit the deck and everything. And I just, it was the, it was, it's the saddest moment I've ever experienced in my entire life. Mm. And mm. so I told my boss I had to go. He said, just go. I got in my car and I drove home and yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a very terrible feeling to see your your dad being wheeled out of the house you know with a sheet over his head you know at, at eighteen years old and he, like i said he was only forty six i'm th- i'm thirty one now so you know it's, yeah. it's not very far away from me to be that
3: age right right so yeah that's uh
1: that's that's what uh what I experienced at eighteen years old every every positive influence positive male influence in my life you know was essentially taken away from me.
2: So, and this makes sense why all of a sudden you say, I have to do something. I need a change. Yeah. So you'd opted to, to, for military service. um, And, and, and talk a little bit about, did you find some like healing in that? I mean, so tell us a little bit about your journey through that.
1: Yeah. So I immediately went out and joined the U S Navy. And mm-hmm. I needed something difficult to take my mind off everything. And I needed right. a big yeah. distraction. I just wanted to get the heck out of where I was at. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I actually went into the recruiter's office and I said, you know, I said to the, the Navy recruiter, and I said, what's the hardest thing I can possibly do? He said, you could get a steel contract. And I said, oh, like Navy SEALs?" And he said, yeah. And I said, okay, well, whatever. Put, put some paperwork in front of me and I'll sign it. So we did, and I, I, you know, was on a on a plane to boot camp. You know, not too much farther after that, and you know, I I did I, get, I did get accepted to the SEAL program, and it was the hardest training and the hardest thing I could have ever experienced. And and uh, you know, it was it was good for me because I it was a big distraction. It was a huge distraction, and you know, a lot of I I ended up really just enamored with the program with the with the community and i had a lot of great instructors that were great influences for me and i still keep in touch with a few of them today and uh you know it's it's uh it, it was a great experience for me i can't i can't stress that enough it was the right thing to do and i would i would do it a hundred times over again if i uh, if i had to so
2: while you're doing your military service music uh, starts to re-enter your life. Yes. Tell us what, what happens. So, uh, a few
1: years into my Navy service, I, I had pretty much put the guitar down. You know, I, mm-hmm. I every time I picked up that guitar, it just reminded me of losing my dad. And, right. you know, it, it felt like just reopening that wound every single right. time I would play a song. And, um, you know, it, it was kind of funny, too, because when, before my dad passed away, he had me what the first guitar he ever bought me was this Walmart guitar, you know, this Walmart electric guitar that came with this little amp. And I, you know, he had me sign this guitar and I, you know, I thought he was just, you know, whatever, you know, being a dad and uh, being a supportive dad, you know, and after, but after he died, I went into his closet, you know, we were cleaning this stuff out and everything. And I found that guitar, he had put it in a, in a case, and you know a display case in his in his closet. He held that thing very close to him, and uh, so every time I picked up my my guitar, you know later on, I I, I felt like I was open tearing open an old, an old wound. And but you know somebody gave me a John Mayer CD, and it was the Room for Squares album. And there was a specific song on there. It's called City Love, and I remember hearing that song. And there's a solo on that song that just it it told me, it's it, it, you know it spoke in a way that I that I remember hearing when I was younger, you know mm-hmm. it, it, it. I told myself like you know my dad wouldn't want me to give up this instrument like he was really supportive of me and he really wanted to see this through and so that album is why I picked the guitar back up again and I. Haven't put it down since. I I think I've played probably an hour, two hours a day ever since I was you know nineteen.
2: <clears throat> why do you um? Why do you feel like you gravitated towards this uh, this this sort of genre uh, of music uh that that you play this sort of kind of <laughs> for lack of a better word blues pop. Um, right. Uh, t- 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 your honor, because you have wide influences. You know, right. you were, you know, your you like gospel music, uh, classic rock, Van Halen. You know, what, what, what made you kind of settle into this? At least t- you're a young man. You're 31 or whatever, and this right. could change. Right? We are as artists, we're growing and exploring new things. Yeah. But why do you think here now this sound? You know,
1: that's a great question. I just, I heard a lot of a lot of my familiar influences in it. You know, I Mm. really loved Jimi Hendrix growing up and I loved Stevie Ray Vaughan and I really enjoyed Eric Clapton. And I heard a lot of those influences in John Mayer's music. And I told myself like, why isn't, you know, that, that sound is exactly what I, what I enjoy. You know, all those influences, Mm. all hodgepodge together. And Mm. I said, you know, that, that uh that music is very expressive. You know, it's it's has its its roots in, in you know, if we go all the way back to, you know, Robert Johnson blues and, and, you know, the Delta blues and everything like that from the early early, you know, black artists that were playing a lot of this stuff, there was just so much expression. There was so many ways you could you could make someone else feel what you were feeling through this music and and that's what spoke to me most about it. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of that music was so popular.
2: Um, Let's go ahead now and uh, check out um, one of the tracks. This is the the song best friend. And this is on your EP that you just released at the end of uh, 2017 called wavelength. And um, let's go ahead and give us a try guys. This is best friend by Philip Broussard on the Ludini rock and roll circus.
3: say that the blink of an eye in heaven is a thousand years on earth. It feels like a thousand years since you left this place, and I'd do anything just to see your face again. never told you enough How much you meant to me If I could do it all over again You'd hear it every day But there's no going back Those mistakes are in the past How many times could I have said That you're my best friend? How many days could I have spent Getting you to comprehend? This life is going to end And I'd be without you, my friend This isn't fair saw how many times I cried Years since you died And maybe you would spend more time Trying to save your life But there's no going back Those mistakes are in the past How many times could I have said that you're my best friend? How many days could I have spent getting you to comprehend that this life is gonna end and I'd be without you, my This isn't fair Friend, how many days could I have spent
2: getting you to
3: comprehend that this life is going to end, and I'd be without you, my.
2: All right um best friend definitely have the acoustic thing going on there. I'm also hearing uh James Taylor and that sort of vibe as well in in, in, in a lot of what you do um let's sure. talk about the uh let's talk about the e p um you have a five uh, five song uh acoustic blues uh, uh pop e p out uh, tell us a little bit about who you worked with on this and what how it came to be.
1: You know, this, this came out of a, these five songs came out of a bigger set, of about 30 songs that I kind of mm-hmm. whittled away. You know, songs that weren't complete, you know, songs that maybe didn't sound right. And, you know, I whittled down to these five songs. And I wanted to give people a taste of what I was putting out. And um, there was going to be six and you know budget constraints. You know you get hit with budget constraints, and of course. and so you know I, I opted for five, and, and I think five is just fine. I think a wavelength has something for everybody. It has some dark sounds. It has some happy sounds. It it um yeah, it, it's just I think in a, a collection of of what what I try to present is some versatility. You know mm. my the song on their best friend is it, it's a sadder song. You know it's about my dad and it's got some, you know, some melodic riffs in there that uh, sound, you know, I think that that I think give give someone a sense of of yearning for something. And but then you've got, you know, songs like Drowning, you know, the song Drowning on that album, it's got a darker sound and it's, you know, it's very guitar solo heavy. And and so um, I wanted to show people that I can write lyrics and play guitar. Yeah. And I think that's where Wavelength was born. Wavelength, you know, I picture a sine wave in my head when I think of that album, and and you know, a, a sine wave goes up and down and up and down, and I think that's exactly what that that album is. It uh, it has some some songs that are up high, you know, that that make you happy, and then there's songs that down low that make you sad, and there's there's you know, a song in there that's right in the middle.
2: It runs the gamut of human emotion. Um, of yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So so what does um. What does the next uh, so the so, so the EP is out? We're into 2018. What does the next six to twelve months uh, look like, Steve? Felt.
1: Oh, you know, I'll probably give Ed Sheeran a call and uh, go on tour with him. You know, love it. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, the, 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 in all
2: seriousness, the, 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 in all seriousness, yeah, though, yeah, I we think, have
1: uh, Yeah, in all seriousness, though, I think. You know, I, I'd love to to get out and, and play some bigger venues. Uh, I'd love to um, get out of my acoustic pop stuff and, and kind of start playing with a full band, I, mm-hmm. and you know, add some covers that I really love. You know, I love the song "Voodoo Child" by by Jimi Hendrix, and I'd love to cover right. that one. And, um, I yeah. So, I, I mean, my ultimate goal is to play at at to headline at the amphitheater here in in Washington State, and uh, you know that that's that's probably five to 10 years out, but you know what? I'd love to, love to do it anyway. Uh, yeah. But yeah, within the next six to 12 months, I'd love to, I'd love to get some more exposure out there, get uh, more people listening to me and, and, you know, probably be on your show two or three more times.
2: I love it. So do you have, um, so are you like writing all the time? Are you always like think, you know, thinking of musical ideas or.
1: Yeah, I, I do. Um, I actually haven't penned the lyrics for a couple of weeks which kind of makes me sad. Um, work-wise, you know, my day job is, is, uh, is actually a bit strenuous. I, I own a remodeling contractor business, and I've got several employees. And and so, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a bit of a stressful time period lately because we've got so much work going on, and it's just really tough to manage all that. But, but I, do, I do try to write at least one song – Every two weeks or so, and um, that, that gives me a good,
2: <laughs> good. But that. So that's a good schedule. I mean, you know, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some guys that can churn out a song, and gals. Don't, I'm not trying to be sexist here. There's some right, guys and gals right. out there that can churn out a song a day, and that's just not me. I I, I, yeah. I go for, for, I go for. I really want a song to speak to somebody. I don't want to churn out, you know one good song and then have 10 garbage songs.
2: No, of course. Um, yeah, and, and that's not actually not too bad. I mean, you figure if you write a song every two weeks, then at the end of the year, you've got 25 songs right? or so. You know, it's, I mean, that's you know that, that, that's not bad. That's awesome. Um, okay, so why don't you go ahead and plug, uh, to let us know where we can find you on the Internet so we can keep up with uh, your, you know, upcoming records, songs, etc. So sure. You also have a cool YouTube channel. There's some great uh, covers and remakes that's up on there too. So good. tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So you can find me on YouTube. Um, just search for my name, Philip Broussard. Uh, and Facebook is a great, is, is where I hang out most online. Um, I, I've been on Twitter for a while, but I don't like, I mostly just see bots on Twitter. So I'm not really a huge fan of Twitter, but, <laughs> okay. um, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's a medium for communication, so you know, I'm there. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to probably start churning out some more YouTube videos, specifically covers, and I'll be promoting them through Facebook and, and, and Twitter and, and through YouTube as well. So uh, I definitely encourage people, if they want to reach out to me and talk to me, that send me a message on Facebook. I'm always happy to hear from people, and I'm always happy to respond. I would love talking to people.
2: Excellent. Uh, well, first of all, Philip, thank you so much for being here on the Ludini uh, Rock and Roll Circus, and thank you for your uh, uh, military service as well. All right. Hey,
1: th- yeah, thank you. It was an honor and a privilege to be on your show. I I do mean that. I know you take you know take great pride in your in your radio program, and and uh, you know it, it's it's always you know you you could you could easily fill this spot with. You know, Eddie Van Halen or something, you know, and, and you chose to put me on here, so I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm sorry, I didn't let everybody know I did bump Eddie for you today. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, thanks. That. So, can, you got a couple minutes to hang out. I need to wrap up the podcast. I need you to do a little business with you when we're done. You got a minute? I do, yeah. Oh, uh, awesome. Okay. Hey, guys, uh, that is Philip Broussard fantastic guitar player singer songwriter um he's got a very cool youtube channel so you can just search him on youtube and that is p-h-i-l-l-i-p-b-r-o-u-s-s-a-r-d same way find him on facebook as well as a real friendly guy You can uh, check him out and uh, make sure that you uh, uh check out his uh album or his ep wavelength um com is our website. You want to check back there often for <clears throat> new podcasts just like this one and get up to date on what's going on with our, our live uh, music podcast that we do every week. So please check that out at com. If you like some behind-the-scenes stuff, if you'd like to know more about guitar riffs and how uh, albums are produced, Specifically, my album, how songs are put together, etc. Please join me in my inner circle. That is uh, loulombardi music dot com backslash inner circle, where you can hang out with me uh, and get some exclusive behind the scenes stuff as I uh, put together some of my live shows and uh, work on uh, new songs, as well as do what Philip is doing. Uh, some uh, great. Uh, Remakes and covers of uh, some ones you know, and some ones you may not be uh, aware of. So check that out. music.com backslash inner circle, guys. It's uh, we uh, we had a great time today talking to Philip. Uh, he's a great singer songwriter. So make sure that you check out everything that he has going on. And I want to leave you with one thought, guys. It doesn't really matter, army, navy, air force, marines, whatever your thing is. I just want to keep this. I just want you to know this one thing, guys. That you, yes, you, my friends, are the revolution. Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. We'll catch you guys on the next podcast.